our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello and welcome to Girls That Invest, the platform that empowers millennials through financial literacy. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are extremely passionate about all things investing and personal finance. So today we are talking about the infamous Reddit v. Wall Street news that captivated everyone for weeks and still a story that people are keeping their eye on. We realize we're a little bit late to the discussion, but it's still an important series of events that we feel need to be understood, especially what impacts it has on us as regular investors and what impacts it will have for future. Probably one of 2021's biggest stories. I mean, it is only February, but in saying that, this start of the year feels a lot better than the last start of the year. And what I really love about this story is it's Kind of like that whole idea of like the little guys banding together and showing power in numbers. So I'm very excited to talk about this today. It's going to be a good one. Before we get into all the juicy tea, how are you? How's this week gone? Any updates on house hunting? I have been looking every day during every break, just like refreshing the trade meet app i have like my notification on every time a house turns up i literally had a real estate agent like today a house went up probably in like three minutes i like messaged the agent like hey can i come check this out and she was like da 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 da. we're not gonna bring anyone in until like the open home on the weekend and then she told me to like relax (laughs) they probably have you as like one of the what's it called when you're on a blacklist okay thanks like just watch out for this chick you know it wasn't even that bad of all i said was literally i said hey i'm getting in touch regarding x and x street just wondering if i could have a look today or tomorrow evening cheers and she was like oh she said do not panic (laughs) (laughs) sounds a bit too forward to me now that's totally fine. I know why she she's like relax. She was like she she's like bro. It's been five minutes. <laughs> I posted it a second ago, and then yesterday 
I like went to see a house and I'm like, it's not the nicest area, but like, I'm not one to discriminate. And then I like, look, I like searched up the street afterwards and a neighbor had literally killed another neighbor on the street. Okay. But do they still live there? You know what? Every time I bring this up, everyone keeps trying to justify the murder. They're like, yeah, but it was 10 years ago. Yeah. But like if it's happened once, it won't happen again. Like leave me alone. I'm not trying to justify the murder. I'm just saying I don't think that should be an issue living in that area. Can you say that one more time so I can hear you? Look, I'm just saying the murder is definitely an issue. Hopefully, you know, that person was brought to justice and the appropriate legal proceedings, you know, occurred. I'm saying that they don't live there anymore. Oh, my God. All right. So that's how house hunting moving forward. <laughs> She's like, we'll argue about this offline. <laughs> I don't want to live where someone died. I'm sorry. Okay. Realistically, every area is where someone died. You know, what if someone just died in their sleep in that house? So what's new with me? Uh, I'm so glad you asked. So Auckland ended uh, another lockdown. We got put back into level three for three days, midnight Valentine's Day, which was fun and brief. Not that I was doing anything, but it's not like you're on a date. Absolutely not. You know, literally, I was telling some this. I had two cookie crumbles. I think I was watching to all the boys I've loved before on Netflix. I was just having a classic single gal Valentine's Day, and they announced, they announced lockdown, and I was like, fun. It was only for three days. They actually literally just announced today that we're going into level two from tomorrow and the rest of the country goes into level one. So level two is quite normal. So to get into it, I am going to start off with a little bit of jargon and I'll keep it as clear as possible and hopefully as simple as possible as well. It is necessary to go through, I guess, the terms first because the T just won't make sense otherwise. Okay, so starting with a hedge fund, a hedge fund is nothing more than an investment company that invests its clients' money into alternative investments to either beat the market or provide a hedge against unforeseen market changes. There is a lot more to that, but I'm going to keep it at that. So if you just think of it as a company that invests with someone else's money, shorting a stock. Okay, so shorting the stock or short selling. Now, the concept, I think, is fairly simple to understand. It's when an investor borrows a stock and then it sells that stock and then it buys that same stock back to return it to the lender. So short sellers or people who short sell, they're betting that the stock they sell will drop in price. Does that make sense so far? I'll be honest, the borrowing a stock, selling a stock, and then buying a stock back kind of went over my head. Um, I'm just going to use Tesla as an example. That's okay. So essentially what happens is that brokers, they borrow just say $10 of Tesla stock. From that borrowed stock, they sell it to investors for $10 because they assume that the price of that Tesla stock will drop so they get to keep $10. Now, other investors, what what happens is just say the price does drop. 
So they estimated correctly. And the price of that Tesla stock drops to $7. The hedge fund then buys that same stock that they sold for $10 back for investors for that dropped price of $7. So they start off with $10. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm still with you. Okay, cool. And they start off with $10. They paid $7. They, They get to keep that $3 profit. And then at the end, they just give the stock back that they borrowed as if they never bought it and that they keep the profit. Easy. Beautiful. Now, moving on to Reddit. So for those of you who don't know, Reddit is essentially a discussion website where you talk about various different topics and essentially users from all across the world, they can jump in, they can comment, they can vote up and down certain topics or certain comments. And back on January 27th, this um, forum called Wall Street Bets, they realized that hedge funds were dumping a lot of money into GameStop for a hopeful drop. So GameStop is an American video game or consumer electronics and gaming merchandise retailer. Now, what happened is this forum, Wall Street Bets, had over a million users. They essentially decided to stick it to the man and they reversed what the hedge funds were doing. And as a result, they drove the stock up and they forced hedge funds to either lose money or double down, which drove the price higher. From them doing that and from them working together to do that, GameStop was up more than 1,700% since the start of January. Can you believe that's an actual percentage, Sim? That is crazy. And just for those that are a little bit confused as to how they drove the price up or how it caused hedge funds to double down, imagine if, like we were saying, they had $10, they were expecting it to drop down to 7 and they were going to make a $3 profit. Imagine if the price went up to $15 and now they owed the investors $5 because they had 10 and now it's gone up to 15 That is what everyone did by buying into GameStop. Mm, that's what happens when we work together, kids. <laughs> it's also what some people call market manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially... You can probably guess that hedge funds weren't happy about this, to put it lightly. To put it into perspective for you, I'm just trying to be polite here, Um, to put it into perspective for you. Billionaires cried. Think about what they went through. So hedge funds and other short sellers, they were nursing estimated losses of around, and get this, it's $19 in 2021 losses of 19 billion now i can't really comprehend that much money but it's a lot of money like imagine betting that this stock was just going to drop and then this happened imagine being like i have the greatest idea of 2020 (laughs) and my like i just joined this amazing hedge fund and i'm gonna pitch them this idea GameStop is dying and we're going to make billions, Ma. I wonder if he's fired. So GameStop's more than, I believe the percentage that I used was 1,700 surge. It sent Malvin Capital, which is a well-known hedge fund, 
it ran for a bailout and it had other hedge funds such as 0.72 and D1 Capital Partners. It was monumental. Yeah, I was going to say beautiful. That's not the right adjective. <laughs> monumental. Never had them before. So fast forward to Jan 29, a cool two days later, Robinhood decided to shut down its trades at its peak. No wonder you have a one-star rating at the moment, hun. But essentially Robinhood <laughs> decided to restrict buying certain stocks and that caused so much controversy. And it actually led to also people calling out politicians and public figures and the app being review bombed, which is why it has a one-star rating. Because it just feels like a slap in the face when a platform that its entire brand was bringing regular people into investing and um you know there was that tweet circulating like you know let the people invest and I guess the whole branding was to educate people that when they turn around and did that two days after like I'm sure they had reasons for it you know it did feel quite belittling to be honest their entire branding and the reason they're so popular is making it more accessible for everyday people to get into the game. and Yeah, they're called Robin Hood, not Batman. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. What does that mean? Batman's a billionaire. He doesn't have any, yeah, he doesn't have any superpowers. He's just rich. That's his superpower. So the day that the restrictions were put into place, so January 29th, the GameStop stock, it closed in at $325. The day before that, it was $53.50. So I guess from January 29 to now, could argue that the rush is over in terms of like trying to get in to that particular stock. So that's essentially what happened. So I guess the million dollar question is now that GameStop is over, what's staying? Like, is the market forever changed? Has this caused such a huge dent in what the fundamentals of investing are? Or is it just a little blip and, you know, game's over, move on? So I think one of the things that's really important to understand is even some of the big shots believe that some things are here to stay. Jim Cramer, if you haven't heard of him, he is 
someone who has a lot of opinions on the stock market, rightfully so, and even he, quote-unquote, said the entire character of the market has changed. And yes, in many ways, GameStop has resembled a couple of bubbles in the past, like the dot-com bubble, but it's a little bit different this time because what's new is, one, the scale, and two, the speed of these events. We now have a platform or a place for a lot of people to come together to share ideas and in a way band together in a way that retail investors couldn't before. That's new and that's not going away anytime soon. Also being able to invest has never been easier now that there are a lot of commission-free, not so much in New Zealand, but in other countries, commission-free trading apps. You just need to have a phone and the internet at this stage to do these things. What's different this time and what I believe, I guess this is more of a personal opinion about what's here to stay, is the fact that young investors are a little bit more socially conscious and a lot of this gain stop activity obviously for some was motivationally driven by money. But a lot of people also kind of just wanted to stick it to the man and be a part of something larger and there was an ethical component to it and another thing to take into account is that because of all this attention sort of put into one platform or the ability for everyone to come together it kind of highlights the idea of maybe regulating these online platforms and how they do drive the market because to be fair a large number of people saying let's all put money into this can come across as market manipulation sort of pump and dump it's not necessarily saying that's what happened and it's not saying that that's what people are going to be charged with but there's no reason why the authorities would not be monitoring or possibly monitoring these things a little bit more closely and taking action if need be. I think that's a fair statement because if you think about it, these people had such an influence and like I guess the big guys lost out on this time so I wouldn't be too surprised if they kept a close eye on it. Tends to happen with a lot of things, you know. I guess going forward, do you think that hedge funds will also be a little bit more careful going forward? That is a very good question, and I think a lot of people wondered the same thing. Andrew Left, who is the head of, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Citron Research, they were a company that was actually shorting GameStop at the time. He put out a video to Twitter, and essentially in that video, he admitted defeat, which I thought was interesting, because that's saying a lot. He said in that video that he or hedge funds will be more judious when it comes to shorting stocks you know it doesn't mean that industry or that strategy is dead it just means that they need to be more specific he did say that they have some ideas up their belt or ideas in the future which I guess they're trying to implement because you can imagine that they went straight to the drawing board like (laughs) when this happened I need like, literally, I just imagine them all sweating in front of a whiteboard. 
do you know what I think of? I think of Michael Scott from The Office and he's just like, everyone, <laughs> conference room now. Another interesting perspective is Andrew Bear, who is the managing member at Dynamic Better Investments. So they're an investment firm and they follow some hedge fund tactics. So he did an interview with Insider and they put out this article and essentially he describes the entire thing as the dynamic of a mob attack with a new minefield which I think is an interesting way to describe things. But to pull a quote directly from that article, he says, hedge funds will be much more cautious about crowded shorts and the prospect of losing 500% in a few weeks changes the calculus. So I thought you'd appreciate that. (laughs) I guess the question that a lot of people also have is, what will happen if this happens again? What will things like Robin Hood or other brokers do if they are in the situation again? Can they just stop or halt sales of stocks if they feel like it? Long story short, at this stage, there's no final verdict because we are still waiting on, I guess, the legal side of things to see what the SEC ends up saying. Basically, there's two reasons when an exchange or a broker might stop trading a stock. The first is when, at the company's request, trading is stopped. For example, a company like Facebook is about to make a big announcement and they're like, look, after the announcement, let's wait X hours before people can buy or sell our stock to give them, I guess, a moment to process it. Another is when the stock becomes extremely volatile and it's moving very up or it's um, moving very down very quickly and that's kind of what happened and usually this halt happens automatically. The SEC also has the power to just halt trading themselves but it's not usually something they do often. So in this case what happened or at least what Robin Hood have officially said is that the restrictions weren't them just trying to stop small investors from jumping in or because they were trying to save the billionaires but also they would never say that their reasoning which you know we do have to take on to some extent because there is truth to this to be a broker I guess there's some truth the brokerages have to have enough cash on hand to cover a certain percentages of their trades on their platforms And if they just don't have enough cash, they have to literally, not that they've ever really done this before, but they do have to stop because they have some form of responsibility to the Securities and Exchange Commission or SEC. So on one hand, there was some practical need to halt trading and going into the future, if that has to happen again, it has to happen again. They're not going to shoot themselves in the foot and go bankrupt or or get shut down over this. On the other hand, there are absolutely people, including people that work in very high up places, including government officials, including politicians, who do not think what Robin Hood did was okay and do think it's a form of market manipulation. So long story short, can this happen again? Yes. Is it right or wrong? We don't know yet, but it will be really interesting to see what happens. I guess... You know, to play devil's advocate here. I didn't realise you were a white male. Ew. Oh, oh my God. Ew. Look, I'm not. But how else was I supposed to say it? 
Brown. I was just going to say to kind of put it into a Kiwi perspective, if you are familiar, it's kind of like how most companies need to meet certain certain amount of money for reserves um, with the Reserve Bank of New Zealand. So, for example, insurance companies, they need to make sure that they've got a certain amount of backup money, you could say, to pay out if anything happened. And if anything happened to their profits, they've got kind of got the spare cash or backup that they can pull from if they needed to pay out in claims. So I kind of, I kind of get it. I wish it didn't take as long to communicate that message though. Because I think people were just sitting in those raw emotions. For sure. So to summarize, I know we covered a lot today. Thank you for bearing with us. And I hope you learned a lot. Quick recap. So, of course, what happened with GameStop was that hedge funds were like, let's make money on this stock dying down. People from this form on Reddit realized this, kind of came together in a big group and caused the stock to skyrocket which inversely caused hedge funds to lose how many billion? 19, it was. A cool 19 billion. And as a result, the sort of after effects of this were, you know, the possibilities of some of these things being almost a change in the market and changing some of the fundamentals in the market, the ability for people to band together, but also the ability for people to regulate the sort of online activity, it's definitely going to be causing hedge funds to be a little bit more careful with who they're shorting and how often they're shorting. And I guess going forward, will this ever happen again? We don't know, but it will be very interesting to see the legal outcomes that come from what Robinhood and a lot of other brokers sort of did to respond. I just know that the government is like prioritizing this, say eh? They're like, we need to prioritize this before it happens again in the near future. I think they'd be wise to. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team, bye.